Okay, you guys, welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast. It's Moira Kasaba, and you get a solo episode from me today. I try to do these every other week. It's funny because I just got back from a gigantic event in St. Louis and with about 12,000 people. So many of you guys came up to me and chatted with me about the podcast. It was like the first thing people mentioned, and it just was so encouraging to me to keep it going and to also dig in more to these solo episodes because there are all of these little things in my brain that have changed my life, right? And that's why I started this podcast because I want to share them with you. And so today we are going to dig into some real basics and I'm going to tell you how this came to be. So I was prepping for my first speech. I had two really big speeches in St. Louis. And the first one, I was one of maybe six different speakers at the event. And we got on a call to um, kind of plan it out and talk amongst ourselves as speakers. And it was kind of hilarious to me because, of course, these incredible speakers that I had the privilege of speaking with we're speaking on topics like, um, you know, the principles of success and extraordinary leadership and unleashing your superpower and, you know, the psychology of sales, all of these like incredible topics. And they were in amazing presentations. And when it came to me, I was kind of the, um, one of the, I was the last real speaker to go. And, but on the zoom call to prep for this, I was like, uh, can I just talk to them about time management and complaining? (laughs) Because these basics and these tangibles are so real to all of us, right? We can, we can need and want and desire all of these higher level topics and, and they're so incredible to absorb, but you know, extraordinary leadership isn't going to happen if you're bitching and complaining all day. Um, unleashing your superpower isn't going to happen if you don't know how to manage your time. So those are my topics. And it was so fun to hear afterwards how impactful those simple things were to people. And so I've chatted about this on, um, you know, Instagram lives and other things before, but I'm going to walk you through kind of what I call like my time ninja process. And yesterday was such a great example of this. So I came home late Sunday night. I was completely exhausted, like just trashed mentally, physically, emotionally, like in the best of ways from this big event. Yet, of course, I came home to like hitting the ground running so many things in my mind, so many things I had to execute and complete overwhelmment, right? With the laundry and the kids and just all the things. And so it's in those moments of complete overwhelm, anxiety, where you, you're you literally almost paralyzed and you don't know where to begin and you don't think you can get it all done and you just feel so overwhelmed, right? That's when this time like hacking is gold. Like it's gold every day and it's what I do every day. But that's when I see it completely transform my state of mind in a matter of minutes. So I'm going to walk you through this process. And I want you to take notes. Always take notes. So step number one, you have to get it out of your head and onto paper. you got to get the to-do list. And I mean everything. Like if you've got to put the groceries away, if you've got to fold the laundry, if you've got to make the kids dentist appointments, those things are just as important to put on paper as, you know, 
um, write the speech, create the presentation, mastermind with my team, set up an appointment to, you know, mentor my leaders, whatever it is. The little is probably more important to put down on paper than the big, right? Because it's the little things that weigh on us when we're trying to do the big things that make us crazy. So step number one, put it all down on paper. Every single teeny tiny thing that pops into your mind, you're putting it on paper to free up the space in your mind so that you can you know, have the ability to function and to think clearly. Okay. Step number two, and you can do this with step number one, divide it into categories of your life, into the hats that you wear. So what I usually do is I take out a blank sheet of paper or an index card and I just draw a cross in the middle. So there's four quadrants. And for me, a lot of that looks like, you know, I have a long, my longest to-do list is always kind of my coach business list. There are a million things that I need to get done in that category. And then I also have another business hat that I wear, right? I have podcasting, my brand, content creation, all of those other things that fall kind of under that other hat of what I do business-wise go into that second quadrant. And then I'm a mom, right? There's all the school forms and I got to get my daughter a physical and we got to do concussion testing for school. We got to do all these things. And so there's a mom quadrant. And then the fourth one for me, and this is going to be different for everybody, but the fourth one for me is just me, right? Like, where am I filling my cup? What do I need to do for me personally? And I'm writing things down like, you know, listen to my audio book and go for a walk for 15 minutes. Like, because every single thing you're writing down, you're going to end up putting into your schedule. And so what are the hats that you wear? Get it out of your head, write it all down, divide them into the different categories, right? That's step one and step two. And then you're going to look at your day. Step three, you're going to look at your calendar. How much time do you have for each thing? Time block out your day. So a lot of times for me, it'll look like maybe from 8 to 12 noon, I am working on my coaching business, right? Maybe from 12 to 2, I am doing the other business stuff. And then from 2.30 to 7.30 or 8, you know, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I am, you know, getting the groceries delivered. I'm cooking dinner. I'm making the dentist appointments. I'm doing all the mom stuff, right? And so I'm time blocking out my day into the different hats that I wear, okay? Step four, you're going to take each quadrant and you are going to list, just write little numbers next to each item you have. You're going to number them in order of two things, importance, like urgency, like is there something that you have to get done today, then that's going to be a huge priority, right? But if it doesn't have to get done till next week, it's not going to be high on your priority list. So order them in number of importance and urgency. And then the second thing is what I call IPA, income producing activities, right? So obviously this is going to be related to your business categories, but what are the things that are going to move the needle? What are the things that are going to move your bottom line forward the most, right? So it's very clear when we look at that list what those things are. So you're going to just write down a one next to something and then a two and then a three and then a four and then a five and then all the way up to, you know, 10, 15, whatever you have. And then you're going to go back to your time blocks. So the next step, we're going to go back to our time blocks. And for instance, if I have between eight and 12, then I've got to try to fit that whole list into those four hours. And so I'm going to look at that and I'm going to go, okay, 
the first three things on my list, numbers one, two, and three, they are the most important. They are the most urgent. They are the things that are going to move the needle forward the most. How quickly can I get them done? Can I get all three of those things done between 8 and 9 a.m., you know, depending on what the task is? If so, then I'm going to literally time block it down even further and I'm going to go, okay, number one, the most important thing, I can get that done between 8 and 8.30. Between 8.30 and 9, I, if I work fast and smart and focused, I can get done number two and three. So then from 9 to 10, can I get done, maybe I've got a big project that's going to take me an hour. Maybe that's number four. So number four, it's going to take me that whole hour from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And so do you catch my drift here? You're, you're literally scheduling out your 15-minute blocks. And what happens when you create this schedule all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I don't have time to scroll social media. I don't have time to pick up the phone and chit chat with my bestie because I've got to get done number one, two, and three by 9 a.m. to stay on track. And the coolest thing about this, guys, it sounds extremely type A, Enneagram 3, but it's not. When you time block out your day and you do this, and this process is going to take you maybe five or 10 minutes in the morning, all of a sudden, you are so calm and so fully present for that task from 8 to 8.30 because you're not stressing out about the other stuff that's got to be done later in the day. And you're not trying to do it from 8 to 8.30 because you know you're going to get it done at 1 o'clock when it is time slotted into your day. This quick little process Write it all down, get it out of your head, divide it into your different hats, divide your day into your different time blocks for the different identities, the different hats that you wear, and then take each time block after you've numbered them in order of importance and urgency and IPA and time block them down even tighter right? You're not going to be stressed out about returning the DMs or making the dentist appointment because you're going to call the dentist on the way to pick up the kids this afternoon. You are instantly, after you take five minutes to do this, you're going to be like, oh, I just went from total anxiety, complete overwhelm to like, I totally got this. And I've got time to go for a walk and listen to my personal development, right? I've got time to do all of this. And there are going to be things like number eight, nine, 10, number 15 that aren't that important that are just going to slide into the next day because you don't get that far down the list, right? So you've got to, there's a book called Eat That Frog. You've got to eat that frog. You've got to do what's most important, what's going to move the needle forward the most first. Yes? All right. So that's a lot of what I shared. And people are like, mind blown, right? This little thing changes your life. And here's the other thing I shared with them. I don't want you to try this once and be like, yeah, I tried that thing Moira teaches and it didn't work for me. It's never going to work the first time. You got to try to come back to the drawing board again and again and again. Success does not come from succeeding in the task always. It comes from going back and trying it again and trying it again. And every single time you do this, you're going to get better and better and better and better. And I can tell you that seven years ago, I was terrible at this, right? I was a complete lunatic, multitasking all the things all the time, felt like my brain was going to explode, drawn to tears every day because I was working so hard and I was so overwhelmed. And I wasn't 
being that smart with my time. We all have the same 24 hours in the day. You just aren't using it well, right? You don't have to have more time. You don't need to hire the magical person that's going to change your life. You don't need to find this thing that you think is outside of yourself to change everything. You just need to own your time better. Yeah? All right. So the other thing I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I want to share with you. I think I'm going to save um, growth mindset and fixed mindset for a future podcast. The other thing I want to kind of just touch on here, because it is so big and really hit home when I talk to them about it, is complaining. It sounds so silly, right? But guys, complaining affects your marriage. It affects your parenting. It affects your relationships. It affects your job. It affects your sense of well-being. It affects every single thing, everything. And this was a huge wake-up call for me when I started kind of this you know, big climb towards success about seven or eight years ago, I remember calling, um, my mentor and, you know, I was like, I I knew that like any kind of negativity in like circles of people or groups of people was like kind of not cool. You know, you don't want to be the Debbie Downer. We all know that. Right. But I was like, I can complain to you though. Like I've got to get some things off my chest. I'm frustrated. And she was like, can you, can you stop? And I was like, I was really put off. Like, I was like, excuse me? Like, I I just need to get some things off my chest. And she's like, okay, so you want to bring me down? Like, is is the, what's the purpose here? And I was like, well, but you have to be able to complain to somebody. And she's like, why? Like, wh- what? Why would you have to complain to somebody? And that's just like a belief that we hold, guys. And it's kind of crazy, Right getting things off of our chest or venting literally just makes whatever we're venting about bigger to us. It calls more attention, right? Wherever energy goes, wherever focus goes, energy flows. We're bringing more attention. We're bringing more energy. We're bringing more fuel to the fire. And whoever we're complaining to, we're just dragging them down. When you walk through the door or your spouse walks through the door at night and complains about their day, does that make you feel like better? No, it does nothing for you and it certainly doesn't do anything to the people you're complaining about or complaining to, I should say, (laughs) complaining about as well. And Gary Vaynerchuk, who I adore, I heard him quote this one time and he said that ROI in complaining is zero, which is like, ah, such a Gary V quote, so powerful, right? And ROI, by the way, is return on investment, if you didn't know that. So the ROI on complaining is zero, is what Gary V says. And I thought that was so awesome, but then I was like, but that's not true. The ROI on complaining is detrimentally negative to your life. Detrimentally. Absolutely negative. Like, I'm going to say it again. It does nothing for anyone and it doesn't do you any good. If you can just stop those thoughts of whatever it is you're focused on, whatever you're bitching about, whatever you're complaining about, and just stop them in their tracks and don't allow those thoughts to spin out and build and build and build to the point where you're spouting it off to other people, you're going to change your life and you are going to be somebody that people want to be around. And, you know, it was interesting because I was talking to a, um, an audience of coaches 
And, you know, some of these coaches, the majority of these coaches in the audience are kind of coaches that want more success. You know, they haven't found that, that pinnacle of success for themselves yet. And then there's this, this tier of coaches that really are kind of at the top of the, of the network. And and that's what, you know, people want to become and that's what they're shooting for. And I told them, I said, you know, I've had, I had this really amazing experience of being at an event a few years ago, right before COVID, right before the world shut down. And, um, I was talking to one of our corporate mentors and leaders and she was like, gosh, you know, she was actually like kind of asking my advice and, and I was like, well, where, what do you mean? Where is this coming from? And she's like, well, a lot of people are complaining about this and about that. And da, 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 da. And I was like, what? Like people are complaining. And, and I was honestly like just blown away. Cause I was in the same event and I was like, just having this like pink cloud next level, like experience of like, these people are amazing. This event is amazing. The speakers are amazing. Like everything's amazing. Like I was just on that pink cloud and I was blown away that, that there were people complaining. And, and it came down to like even little things like, well, you know, the, the lines at the elevators get backed up and you have to wait for 10 minutes. And I was like, people, people are complaining about that. Like they are here at an event that is changing their entire lives. And what I realized was when she told me, she was like, well, we kind of section off into different, um, groups at these conferences where it's like the higher people go into the higher level trainings and the people that are more beginners go into different level trainings. And she was like, well, it's kind of, and she, she didn't really realize what she was saying, but she said, you know, it's this part of the trainings and this is where like people are not happy. And what do you think we can change? And I was like, oh, oh, I get it. I was like, they don't have the mindset yet to be at this higher level. And what I mean by that, and that is so not a judgment, it is just, you know, what I see is when I am around a large, 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 and I'm talking thousands of people, and I'm around the groups of people that are kind of haven't found the success yet. And those are, those are the people that are complaining about the elevators and complaining about this and complaining about that. And when you step into a space or a circle of much higher success, the thing that is so predominantly mesmerizing is the energy of just that shift in positivity and what they're seeing and what they're experiencing because to achieve that level of success, you have to have a different mindset, a mindset that is not bothered by lines at the elevator, that is not bothered by little things and, you know, minds that aren't grabbing on to these things that we just want to complain about and, and make the topic of conversation. And I paint that picture because I myself used to have that other mindset. You know, I used to be that other person. And that's why I also get this so intimately. And after the that first speaking event, I was in the car driving back with um, five or six people. And I told them this experience that I had about seven years ago. And I was actually in the audience, nothing to do with the coaching world, but I was in the audience hearing this incredible, incredible, incredible keynote speaker who you guys would all know if I shared her name. She kind of speaks around the world. 
And I had heard her speak one year. And then I went back and I heard her speak when she came back into town a year later. And at this second time that I heard her speak, I was sitting in the audience and the whole time I was thinking like, gosh, this isn't like as good as it was last year. This is like, she seems a little, she seems a little scripted. She seems a little not so grounded, not so authentic. And like, this is my mind. You know, this was, this is the mindset I feel like of of the majority of people. And after she wrapped up and the event ended, I went to find my girlfriend that was also there. And as I walked up to my girlfriend, unconsciously, I was just getting ready to, you know, give my feedback and say like, gosh, I didn't, I didn't really think that was as good as last year. And I feel like she's a little this and a little that. And as I was approaching and walking up to my friend, my friend Dana looks at me in awe and just says, she is so brave. Like that was incredible. And in that moment, she made me so incredibly aware of my own negativity, my own judgment, my own criticism. And how dare I, right? Like you want to be the person that shifts the conversation towards that, right? We end up in circles where people are saying things just like I was going to, like that wasn't as good, that wasn't as authentic. And then everybody jumps on the bandwagon. I know, I know, I know, da, 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 da. And we don't need to be those people, right? Thank God I am not that person anymore. There may be things that I don't agree with or that I I see, but that is not what I'm focusing on, right? When my husband comes home from work and 20 things have gone crazily wrong during the day, that's not what I'm dumping on his shoulders the second he walks in the door. I am choosing to see the good, right? And I'm not saying that we can't go to our friends and talk about what we're struggling with or talk about what is going on in our life and and asking for, you know, a listening ear and, and somebody to kind of help us through that. But complaining is radically different. If you're looking for some more in-depth training on mindset practices and how to create your vision, how to reverse engineer your goals, how to craft your morning process, all of the things that I'm super passionate about, you guys, the Rise Up course is where it's at. It is literally my lifetime, my mind in a course, every single tip, strategy, and hack that you could possibly ask me about is in this course. So jump into the show notes right below and you'll see the link for the Rise Up course and my Rise Up planner, and you guys can rise up with us. And it will affect everything. It's not, it, it isn't even, it will affect, guys. Anytime a negative word comes out of your mouth, it is affecting your well-being, it is affecting your marriage, it is affecting your parenting, it is affecting every relationship and the energy that you are creating. Your energy is the most valuable asset that you have. Be the light. Be the light. 
So kind of a random podcast episode today, but so many things I wanted to share with you. And I hope that you get something out of that. I would love to hear um, if you're implementing this time ninja hack that I gave you today. And I would love to hear your ahas about, you know, how you're navigating that negative voice in your head. That's it for me today, guys. I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for today.